everyone. I'm Katie. And I'm Karen. And this is Owl's Nest, the podcast, where we talk about all things books, publishing, and writing for the adolescent imagination. Come in and listen. This episode is our final episode of season two. And today is kind of a special episode because we are going to be reflecting on our first two years in small press publishing. We can hardly believe that it's already been two years. I can't believe it. Um, We are recording this uh, literally just a few days after our two-year anniversary of opening the doors of Owl's Nest for Mm -hmm. submissions. Now, we actually started Owl's Nest legally in the fall of 2021. So, you know, legally we've existed. We did kind of a a soft launch in November of 2021, but uh, where we we would let people know we were coming into the world, things like that. But legally we've existed since the fall of 2021. And, uh, but we didn't open our doors for submissions until January 30th of Mm -hmm. 2022. So we just I always think that date is funny. I look back on that (laughs) date and I... (laughs) <laughs> we just sort of forgot about January 31st. Yeah, it was like one of those moments of insanity. Both of us know that January has 31 days in it. I want to make that clear. <laughs> but when you are in the planning process of planning, you know, your your small business uh, and opening the doors and, and everything that has to happen, you you're you're like your brain is mush. Yeah. <laughs> You know, there's so much to do to get ready to open the doors that you're like, okay, we need to pick a date. Let's do end of January. That seems like a good time. And we both said, let's start, let's, let's do the last day of January. (laughs) (laughs) And that is not January 30th, just to clarify. And we know that, but it was, you know, you're, you're filling out legal paperwork. You're, you're forming our LLC. We're, you know, getting the Creating a business plan. And and creating our business plan. We were doing all the not fun work. I remember long days sitting on your floor, Katie, and just kind of looking at each other like, this is boring. (laughs) When are we going to need to do fun stuff? But you have to do the boring stuff before the fun stuff can start. Well, we did some fun stuff first. So what was the fun stuff? The first fun things actually that I remember doing were sitting on my patio talking about logo design. Yes. And like choosing our color palette and some of the creative work came first. Yeah, there was some creative work that we had to do at the beginning there. Like we had to, I remember, oh, like picking out the font for Owl's Nest Publishers. Yes. And that was, that was really fun. Like deciding kind of what, because you're not, like when you're thinking about branding, you're kind of, you're in a creative headspace where you're trying to figure out like what are, how are we wanting to present our business to the world? Like and you go, like, it is detail. Like, you have to think about the font yeah. very specifically and how that's going to work. And that was really, that was really fun. Picking out our, I remember when we were picking out our color palette, mm-hmm. we we based it off of colors from Cedar Campus. Yes. Yeah. So the camp that is where the original Owl's Nest is located, we took a photograph of the location, and then we pulled colors. Yeah, hex codes of the colors from the camp, and that's where we, um, that's how we we got our our colors for Owl's Nest. But I also remember, I think we covered a lot of this original um, stuff in our recap last year of the first year. So let's jump ahead a little bit and talk about more about the book publishing aspect because now that we're two years in, we've published ten books. Mm-hmm. And 
we have much more of a sort of grasp. It, well, we've done um, a couple of book events, including one big book festival. We have a whole podcast mm-hmm. episode on that if you missed it. And we we have more of a grasp of a solid grasp of what Owl's Nest is and, you know, where we are headed in the future. Um, we have a really strong lineup of authors that we've signed and um, the submissions process is moving very smoothly now. I, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a well-oiled machine. Yes. And so this year was a lot different than – 2023 was a lot different than 2022. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So different because we actually started – 2023 is when we actually started publishing books from outside authors. Yes. That was a huge change. So uh, January of 2023, almost exactly a year ago, was when we released our first book by an outside author. And that is crazy to me because to me – that was the most nerve-wracking thing yes. we we ever did. Yeah. Um, not starting the business, not opening our doors, not taking our first submissions or signing our first contract or anything like that, but releasing Will's book, um, so W. Scott, releasing Muses from the Moon, and was, was you know, just making sure everything actually, when, when publication day hit, making sure everything actually published ready to go yeah was ready to go and published was so stressful now i have a question though yeah you still get so stressed out before no no each release anymore no No. but so it's for the listeners they um i'll be a little transparent it was so i was so nervous and so stressed out about that release that i the night before Will's, I'm getting like stressed out. My watch is about to tell me to, to calm down. <laughs> I can tell you're getting all flushed. I'm getting all flushed and worked up. My, um, I was so nervous about it that uh, the night before Will's release, I went to bed feeling more or less fine. And I don't know what I did in my stress in the middle of the night, but I woke up with severe pain on the side of my face, like jaw pain. And I won't go into the whole long story because it's a, it's a whole long story. But I thought that I had had done something. I, I thought that I had chipped a tooth or had a jaw infection or something. Mm-hmm. I had severe pain that ran up and down my face for the next like eight weeks. And I ended up seeing um, I had to go to the dentist and went to my doctor, and they, I was put on some insane pain medication. Uh, I was crazy. Mis- pain pain, yeah, I was misdiagnosed with trigeminal neuralgia. It wasn't that. I eventually I went in to see a um, physical therapist who specializes in massage for people who have injuries, and I got mm-hmm. a. She was able to tell me I got a um, after I paid for. Um, I went to the dentist and we got some a special X-rays and everything. They kept telling me there's nothing wrong with your teeth. There's nothing wrong with your your jaw. You don't have. You don't need a root canal or anything like that. But it was that night before it was it was the publication of his book. And I eventually when I went to see this massage therapist, she was able to tell me that essentially I was having this this muscle problem in my face. And it was stress really. It was it was a stress trigger. And so I basically just had a complete and I've always had bad problems with stress, but I I just had a complete stress collapse. <laughs> And but the pain was very 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 real, and um, I do have bad um, TMD in my jaw, and so essentially I just I, I basically just gave myself 
I, I, I clenched my jaw so bad over the nerves in the night while I was sleeping that I gave myself um, this, this horrible condition that it took weeks and weeks to oh clear gosh. up. But the massage yeah. really, really did help. And then once I was able to identify it, then I was able to better manage my stress. That was the hardest thing was, was releasing his first book and just the, the, the stress of, of making sure that all of our ducks were in a row for sure. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, to, to clarify for everyone, it's not that we hadn't released books before. Right. I was just, it's just we had only released our own Our books. own books. You know, my books and Katie's and of Green Gables edition. And I was so scared that we would let him down. Yeah. And then yeah. that, you know, someone would come along and say, nope, you've done this wrong. And we would let him down. And I'd have to go to him and say, I'm sorry, we can't publish your book. I mean, it was irrational, as, as these things are. It was irrational yeah. fears. We had all our ducks in a row. I, you know, I, we were doing everything. Right. You know, we, we were doing everything that we knew how to do knowledgeably within the system and publishing correctly. We had all of our ducks in a row. But you get irrationally nervous about some of these things the first time yeah. you go through them. And we have had our ups and downs mm-hmm. with, you know, working within the systems that we work with because we do this sort of just-in-time printing. Sometimes that means we have printing delays that's frustrating. Um, like not everything is within our control, which is hard because like right. that's just the way we are doing things. The way that we're operating right now means that we don't have control over everything. Yes. So we have like some things are just sort of left up to fate or like to the powers that be at Amazon and Ingram or, you know, whatever yeah. we're using. Although I think, and again, reflecting on our first two years, but mostly reflecting on 2023 here. I think that's one of the things that we've really learned is mm-hmm. that even though, because a lot of times we've kind of hand waved it away as being, as kind of saying, oh, well, it's because we're, we're very small or we're a new business or um, it's because we are doing just in time, you know, print on demand that this is happening this way. But as we've gotten more experience in the industry, we've come to realize that, well, the big publishers have these problems too. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, they there's they're big in big publishing. They have to delay releases all the time. Yeah, big like and also, um, and this isn't, I, you know, please don't take this as commentary on any of our authors if you're listening to this. But publishing is um, a business of managing people, mm-hmm. managing people and working with people who are also creatives. And so that's another factor here is that like. Like, like you, you said, Katie, like, well, it's not all under our control. It never would be under our control. <laughs> we right. Could, we could, ha- like, all under our control. We could have a million dollars in the bank and control over our own printing and distribution. You know, we could have control over all the factors that we have control over. Let me put it that way. But mm-hmm. still have to be, have to be, I'm using air quotes here, you know, working with authors and, you know, cover designers, artists, um, paper salespeople and whatnot, you know, if, cause, oh yeah, we would have to be working have with to other sort of people. Subcontract with yeah. people. Like we can't, we're not making our own paper. We're not cut, we're not, you know, right. we're not cutting down the trees and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> things mul- have to come Mulching and making paper in the basement. <laughs> like, the, so the, it comes back around to the fact that there are always going to be, cause most of our frustrations just in 2023, came around to things that were outside of our control. Um, mm-hmm. 
So you you kind of sit in, at your computer and you kick your little feet and you go, but we've done everything right. Yeah. <laughs> this this should this should just be working. Why isn't this working? Why isn't this, this worked working? the last time. It worked the last three yeah. times. So we gotta <laughs> yeah. we gotta make some excuse again or something like that. But it that that is not a well we don't have enough money or we don't have enough resources. Um, or we're, we're new, so we don't know what we're doing, sort of fact. That's just, that's just doing business. Right. Um, yes. and, and having to work with other people. And sometimes you disagree with your author on an editing issue, or sometimes you are working with a cover designer who does things a different way than you need them to do the things, or you're just not communicating well. Um, and again, that's not, I'm just speaking in very broad and general terms, not any specifics on any particular situation going on at Owl's Nest, but these are these are just realities. And in many ways, though, it's kind of comforting because mm-hmm. we that has helped us to see that like we're just another business, or we're just another publishing house, just tr- trucking along mm-hmm. and running into ordinary everyday publishing house you know, bumps in the road. So, and none of them have been real devastating. No, none of them have been, yeah, no, none of them have been devastating. None of them, and none of them have, you know, stopped us in our tracks. None of, none of them have kept us from moving forward. Knock on wood. Or been, or like made us, or made us question what we're doing either. I would also say that 2024 has been pretty, has been good as far as um, clarifying what we should spend our time on. In 2022, I think we went out the gate trying to do too much. Yes. Too fast. Yes. And too many things that were not related specifically to book production. Right. So, for example, we had the book boxes. Mm-hmm. They were fun. It's a fun idea. So yeah. if you're, you know, if you're new to Owl's Nest or maybe you, you weren't around in 2022, we launched our first few, uh, four books with a book box. So mm-hmm. you could just buy the book or you could buy the book with an Owl's Nest McClure Mail book box. And so the, the book would come with a bunch of curated goodies and a letter from the author. And the book boxes were, we charged, what, $55? And that included shipping. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was just like the merch, like bookish merch, fun stuff yeah. like that. I would, but like they didn't sell. They didn't sell. And, and it was... And we thought we 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 talked a lot about you know why and a part of it was we were still we were still getting our feet under us yeah so it it they weren't selling but also people didn't know us enough to 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 maybe trust I think that that what trust what they were getting so like spending fifty five dollars on a book box for a company that they didn't recognize yet that was a hard sell I think. Yeah. To start to start out. And it spread us really thin. Like yes. we were trying really hard to create this product that, that we weren't seeing great results on. And it took yeah, it took it spread us so thin. It took so much energy to try and curate the items for this for each book box that the uh, the whole point and idea behind doing these book boxes was that we would, you know, people would get excited and, you know, well, there there are a few points and ideas behind it. People get excited, open mm-hmm. them online, share, you know, pictures and images. Look at this cute book from Owl's Nest Publishers. Owl's Nest, like yeah. do, do unboxing videos. 
and share about the experience with their friends. And then hopefully their friends would think that's cute, want to buy, you know, one for, you know, their, their kid to have a gift, you know, the next time it comes around that hopefully book box sales would increase you know, and that we would start to, you know, see a profit on these things. So mm-hmm. um, that it would generate more interest in our books as time went on. But none of that really happens unless people are telling other people about it. And especially it's not going to happen if we don't, if people aren't sharing about them online. Like you really only do a right. book box if there is online sharing going on about the book box. Well, but we weren't selling enough rough out of the gate for people to really be sharing about them online. No, and I think either. the people that we were selling them to are not online people. It was right. like, oh, like friends and f- maybe a few family members were buying them. And it was kind of like, a, this is cute. Look at this, you know, sort of yeah. thing. And that that does not. And when I think back to 2022, well, we ended up losing money on the book boxes a couple of times because mm-hmm. we had some bad and I'm not gonna name any names, obviously, but like you try to make some connections with some people. Right. And so that like you other have creators. Some other creators, and right. And so that they will create something for your box and then you can help share about them online and things like that. And we had some some connections that didn't go real well and didn't pan out and things ended up being costing more than they should have. And the boxes cost a lot of money to ship. And it's not that we didn't price things out beforehand because we did, but then you have to sell a certain number really to make that money back. And we also had some commissions that they didn't, stuff wasn't arriving on time and that's a problem. And you, again, you can't control these things because you're working with people. And so it's like, it was a lot, you know. So if anybody out there is wondering, why did you guys discontinue the book boxes? These are all the reasons why. (laughs) Like even the the few, so we did it four times. Like I think we turned a profit on them maybe twice. And like, I mean, the profit margin was like so thin as to be laughable. So yeah, yeah, so we decided that it wasn't, it, it was, we needed to focus on what we knew we could do really well, which was creating, publishing really high quality books. Yeah. And trying to work on selling those books rather than trying to sell the book boxes, which were never meant to be, the book boxes were supposed to. They were a technique to help get our name out, but that wasn't what ended up happening. Right. To generate more excitement. When I think about how much energy and money we put into those book boxes that first year, it it kind of makes me cringe a little because I think, well, we we could have used all that energy elsewhere, um, yeah. but it's okay because you live and learn and, and now we know. And there may be a time in the far future when yeah. people are clamoring for book boxes to come back. But I don't know. I don't know that it will ever happen, quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay because we are not a book box selling company. We're and a we have recently learned that there are other people who are using our books in their own book boxes. And yes. that is very, very cool. That is really what you want to see. We really yeah. want to see other people who trust us as a publisher enough to purchase our books and to go and in curate their own book boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's the sort of growth that we want to see. That's the exciting growth that we want to see. So just just to clarify and reiterate, 2023 was really about like refining mm-hmm. our, you know, what we need to spend our time on, our processes, 
developing some more processes. Oh, like, like, that's really big. Yes. Sorry to interrupt you. Carry on. No, <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I know we worked really hard to develop processes for were our submissions. Um, and you already mentioned that they've become sort of a well-oiled machine. And that was very intentional because it because it was getting to the point where like every time we've opened for submissions, we've gotten more and more submissions every time, which is a great problem to have. But that meant that we were having a really hard time Back at the beginning of 2023, in 2023, we were getting, we were starting to get more submissions than, and it was, it, we were slogged. It yeah. was a slog. Yeah. And so we needed to figure out a way, like, how are we going to work through these submissions in a way that is helpful for, for us to know how to move forward with each one? Mm-hmm. Um, because we have some wonderful people who are helping us read submissions and we needed to be able to streamline their thoughts so that we could make good decisions about each each uh, manuscript. It's also like we also needed to just have a way to remember sometimes why we said no to certain submissions. Mm-hmm. And maybe like that's, that's kind of a big admission for the podcast. But like, you know, in the very beginning, it's not that we didn't have our notes. Okay, let me make, clarify. <laughs> we, we did save our notes on our submissions, we, we did have our notes logged, but it wasn't as organized as it probably should have been from, you know, right out of the gate. We just didn't know how many submissions we were going to get. And we didn't know right. how, how we really would want to look back at those notes sometimes. Right. Because we get resubmitted to quite frequently, actually, mm-hmm. which there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, no, that's great. Sometimes we welcome that. In fact, one of our authors that we have right now is someone who we said no to on a previous submission and then ended up saying yes to, I'm not going to say who, but we ended up saying yes to on a secondary submission. And guess what? We went back to their first submission and looked at the notes. Now that we have this better you know, mm-hmm. system in place, we went back and said, why did we say no to the first submission that this person yes. sent us? And we were able to look at the notes in a really ordered fashion and see what everybody had said who had read their first submission and then look at the notes, what everybody had said who read their second submission and say, oh, okay, you know, and and that actually shows too, did this author, has there been any growth in their writing? Do they take feedback? Are they editable? Like these are really important Mm -hmm. things to have on record, to have on file, um, Mm -hmm. and just always just to keep too for as long as the author is is still with us as an Alice Ness author. So anyhow, yeah, the the processes, submissions processes, editorial processes, our contracts, we've refined our contracts. Oh, de- design processes. There's just been a ton mm-hmm. of things. A ton, a ton of, things. of ways that we have refined what we do around Alice Ness. And that is very, very important. And has been helpful as we've grown and as we've gained more authors and as we've, we've been... Um, juggling more things. The way we did things, I, I also want to be clear, the way we did things in the beginning wasn't bad. It was fine for us when we started out. May, like maybe should we have done things and had a better processes to begin with? Yes. But we didn't know what we didn't know when we were small enough that it was okay. Yeah. But, to, but 2023 was the year where we were like, okay, we are growing and we need to figure out how to manage this better. And yeah. we did. And, and it's, and it's a lot better. It was definitely a year of saying, these things aren't important. We're not going to pay attention to these things. These things are important. So we're going to focus our attention on these things and we're going to grow these out. We're so proud of the books we released last year. Oh my gosh. So proud of the books we released. Can I say that as one of the authors? <laughs> I'm just, yes, because I'm just you, so proud because of me. Because you're not the... Because, no, because you're not the only author. No. 
<laughs> we we had we are I'm proud of all of the books that we released. And I mean even because we've had our hands in every single book it even then it's still like whenever I talk about Al's Nest to other people I'm always like I know that I might seem biased. <laughs> but we should <laughs> maybe be biased. I am. But we should be biased. And and I am really proud and really excited and really happy about the books that we've released and feel like they stack up against any other middle grader teen book out there. Easily. I'm going to go out and yeah, no, just going to say it are better than. Yes. <laughs> better than some of them. Yeah. You know what? Hey, not all books are equal and some books have to be better than others. Why not ours? Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) No, but in all seriousness, we are working very hard to produce excellent literature. And I think that we're achieving that. And that, yeah, as a publisher, you have to have varied goals. If you own, okay, no shade on coffee shops or anything like that. I love coffee shops. But if you're, if you own a coffee shop, you can have like, here's our, our, uh, probably a a more simpler, you know, mission and vision. You know, here's what we do. Mm -hmm. We make coffee, (laughs) you know, in Wisconsin, we also sell liquor, but That's a that's a really niche niche joke. Sorry. Okay. But you know, my point being, you just have like the one thing that you do. Okay. Maybe I shouldn't use coffee shops. You know, if you make if you're a paper producer, you sell paper. If you're Dunder Mifflin, if you're Dunder Mifflin, you sell paper. (laughs) (laughs) But a publisher has to have varied goals. Like we have our mission and vision. Um, you know, capture the adolescent imagination. But underneath that umbrella, we have to reach authors who potentially want to publish with us. We have to reach readers who potentially want to read our books. But we also have to reach the parents of those readers and the educators and the librarians, you know, as well. Our audiences are varied. We don't just have one audience that we're trying to reach. We have multiple audiences that we're trying to reach. We we're have to convince to booksellers yeah. to stock our books, yes. even though they cost more to produce because we're a small publisher, so we have higher production costs, which means that they have to take a smaller percentage of profit on right. our books. We have to convince them that our small press books are better than the small press books that are coming from, you know, Joe Schmo, small press publisher mm-hmm. down the street because booksellers have less space on their shelves. And all of these things take relationship building. We made strides in these areas this past year. But, you know, if we do a little kind of looking to the future just in this particular area, we still have a long way to go. I would say particularly in our sales development Mm -hmm. um, area. We still have a lot of relationships to build. But we are very confident, to go back to what you were saying, Mm -hmm. we're very confident in the product that That we we are producing. Yes. It's just difficult. We're not complaining. Difficult is good. It's just difficult to say, okay, well, we've just got this one, you know, we can't say we just have this one mission, this one goal to focus on because we don't. We have multiple goals that need to be met Mm -hmm. and they need to be met with excellence, all of them. We're trying to juggle several and it is difficult. It's good and it's, and it's stretching and uh, and we do feel confident. I think that we that we will meet those goals. It just takes time. When I think about twenty twenty four and beyond, I know that I'm holding in my head the areas in which we still need to grow, mm-hmm. such as sales development, making relation more relationships with retailers, mm-hmm. and things like that. I mean, I think I think those are probably the two big ones for me. 
Those are the big ones that are, are in my head most of the time as well. As as far as, okay, these are the, the areas of growth that we need to move into. And, and mm-hmm. development in short-run printing. Yeah, that was the other thing I was going to say. So in the past, we've talked about moving to offset printing. But recently, we've, we've thought that instead of a, a sort of in-between stage between print-on-demand, which is what we do now, and offset printing is short-run. Yeah, short-run yeah. printing. Yeah, I mean, it, technically it is offset. It's just, it's just, it's rather than doing these, you know, huge runs, it's just right. you do shorter runs. And also, technically, we kind of do short-run printing because we do ha- we do keep inventory. We do short runs, kind of quotation marks, that we, from, from Ingram, that we keep in inventory and stock for when people make orders off of our website. The difference is that because we're still using Ingram's print-on-demand service, we are paying more for those copies than we want to be paying. So for example, when people contact me about a publisher's, a manufacturer's discount that might be lower than Ingram's, I have to say, sorry, you're still going to get the best deal if you just order directly from Ingram. Because we get the same, you know, it's essentially the same cost. If I order from Ingram, then we have to pay shipping to get them here. And then I'm going to have to pay to ship them to someone else. So yes. it's, we can't offer a, a deeper discount. Not to but get into the nuts and bolts. Run, if we did, <laughs> right, right. But if we did short run printing, we would be able to offer offer better discounts for retailers, which would, would it, which would really help us in developing those relationships in the future. Yeah. Not that we won't be able to do it without that, but but I think that once we are able to do short run printing, that will, that will help to grease the wheels a little. Yeah. And we don't know, we don't know yet um, what 2024 holds. And we can't make any, so we can't, you know, we can't make any hard predictions here, but we are just looking ahead to um, the areas that we need to improve and grow for the sake of our authors and for the sake of the company's future. Before we're done talking about 2023 in, in kind of big sweeps, we have to talk about our staff. We're both so thankful for the people who have come alongside us. It remains remarkable to us that there have been um, all these people who have stepped up to, you know, encourage you to go to our website and just scroll through our staff. You can see our editorial people and marketing people who have who have come alongside us and have offered their services to Owl's yeah. Nest and continue to help us in this mission to bring these excellent middle grade and teen books into the world. It continues to blow me and Katie away that we have this help because running this business is really more than a two-person job. It would be hard to do this if we didn't have if we didn't have these people surrounding us to who have also caught the vision for Owl's Nest. So not only are they helping us, but I think they really believe in what we're doing and yeah, we're incredibly grateful. Incredibly grateful. It's also been amazing too in 2023 that we've had some outside artists who have continued to come along and offer, say they just really want to do, they just really love what we're doing here at Alice Ness and they just really want to do a book cover for us, things like that. And that, that's incredible. it's incredible, you know, again, that's just incredible and very special to us too, because if you kind of look at our covers, hopefully you notice that we are trying to, to make, if we can just kind of talk about our covers for a second, we're trying to make covers that look more classic. Although there is something to be said, and I understand why people in publishing do this, where you tr- you try to make all the book covers look the same so people know this is exactly what a romanticy looks like or whatever, right. just this by glancing what at it. what fiction is. We want, we want 
people facing, walking away. Yeah. And then you know it's historical fiction. <laughs> yeah. Romanticy always uses the same font <laughs> or whatever. Whatever, yeah. Or these oversaturated colors. We are not taking that approach to our book covers. Yeah. We want our book covers not to look like, okay, this was published you know, from 2020 to 2025 during this particular trend, and then you're going to have mm -hmm. to put a new book cover on it in five years because it's going to be out of date. We want our book covers to look classic so that it, it will stand, they will stand the test of time mm -hmm. to look like this, hey, this is a book that could have been published in, you know, 1955, but also could have been published in 19, you know, or in 2025. Mm -hmm. Um to have just classic elements to them. And that is something that we we keep having these artists who who come to us and pitch these ideas to us. And so we intentionally and, and sometimes we say no to artists too because they not that they're not good, but that we they just um it just doesn't fit the mission and vision of Owls Nest. We're just incredibly, incredibly blessed by the people who have come alongside us. So mm -hmm. And it, we'd be remiss if we didn't just mention Beth Ann, who does our marketing, which is pretty much a daily job. It's a daily job. Yeah, it's a daily job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she's amazing. And mm -hmm. we're just, yeah, thankful for her dedication to getting the word out about our books. Um, and thankful to to everyone. And, you know, I really, I really should just name people. Of course, Allie, thank you for, you know, producing the podcast. And Lindsay, who does our operations and submissions. If you submit to Owl's Nest, she's the first person who receives your email. She has a hard job because she's the one that has to send the rejections. Yeah. But she also gets to She also to send. gets to request. She also gets to request. Yeah. Yes. And she's just the sweetest. And she's so sweet. And Timory, uh, who is in editorial, and she uh, does a lot of reading and, and just leaves great feedback. And Elizabeth is also in editorial. And Carol, who does a lot of odds and ends for us, just very creative uh, mind did a lot of help with book festival and um, we've had some interns come and go over the years. We should probably well, Ash. Ash too who who did so much work for us for so long but had to step back. Yeah she's not in an official position with Owl's Nest anymore but she still does the majority of our yes. book covers quite frankly. She's yes. just not like in like officially in the organization anymore. Yeah. But she is. <laughs> She is. <laughs> she is, but she isn't. So before we wrap up, Katie, what has surprised you since the since we started or just in 2023? What surprised you? Something that surprised me was when we started to get agented submissions. I did not expect to start getting authors who were agented yet. I thought that would be, I mean, I knew that it would happen down the road. I expected that would start happening. I did not expect for it to start happening so soon. It just kind of blew my mind. And when I think the first time that happened to us, I was like, wow, we've arrived. Like our name has started circulating among the powers that be in the publishing world. That was very exciting for me and surprising. I would, you know, I would agree that that is, I'm trying to think of that was the thing that has, it, it didn't surprise Surprised me, the most. but like yeah. not the most at least, but like I would agree that that is, every, it's a really amazing thing because it, it does indicate a level of arrival. We're here and people know about us and they don't just know about us, but they desire 
to publish with us. And we are being taken seriously. Yes. And that is I, that is something to be proud of because, it again, it indicates that we are putting out a certain level of work. What has surprised me... This, I'm going to make this one a little bit personal because there are a few things okay. that have surprised me. I'm going to make this a little, a little bit personal. So since I'm both writing and mm-hmm. doing all of this administration and editing and et cetera, et cetera, for Owl's Nest, it has surprised me at how hard it is, how hard it was in 2023. So I'm making some changes in 2024 here. Mm-hmm. And how, hard, how hard it was for me in 2023 to find time to write. Writing is my favorite thing to do in the entire world. 2023 was like, it just, like all the work of Owl's Nest just sucked me dry. Yes. I was, I I found myself, I was just really depressed a lot. Mm -hmm. Like I love working. I love Owl's Nest. I love what we're doing. There is nothing about like the company that I was regretful about. Like that, there was no point that I thought, oh, I wish we hadn't done this. Like it wasn't that. But I... At the end of every day, I had nothing left. Like, because uh, I had this notion in my head that I was not allowed to write during the workday. Mm-hmm. That Owl's Nest had to, like, that writing had to be my on the side thing. Yeah. And, like, my second job, quote unquote. And um, my workday had to be reserved for all of the Owl's Nest stuff. So, that means, yes, all the administration, yes. editing, all the various books formatting and, you know, obviously you, you edit too. I'm not saying like I'm doing all the, no, like, I like all this, of the that stuff. Of your, I mean, yes. All of it, mm-hmm. which is easily an eight hour a day, you know, in and of itself if I let it be. But I, I, you know, here I had manuscripts due and, you know, for, for myself and things like that. And so it was really surprising to me that I could not seem to find any brain space to write. I couldn't seem to find any time to write. I'm a person who... I have always worked a job and written books. Mm-hmm. Like I have a long history of doing that and just making time to do it. It's not, you know, it's it's this this the book we just released of my son of bitter glass is my fourteenth novel. Mm-hmm. I have a pile of kids. It's not like I I don't know how to do it. But I, last year it was not happening. I was yeah. it was struggle bus. That was a really that was a really big surprise. Just the inability to find any sort of balance between doing what needed to be done at Owl's Nest and also writing the books that need to get written. And it really took a toll on you too. Yeah. I was very, very – I was just like – I mean, as I, as we talked about at the beginning of this episode with the the pain, the stress that I was under, I just had kind of rolling stress-related yeah. illnesses all year. And it was a lot. So that, that was – that was a surprise. I don't know if that counts as a big, the biggest Owl's Nest surprise, but it was the biggest like Owl's Nest related surprise for me. Well, yeah, but I think also, I think because even just in the last month, you have made changes that have significantly improved, I think, some of some of that. If you're listening to this and you pick up Son of Bitter Glass, just know that that was written under a lot of stress duress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I basically got that done under just a lot of like I just pulled it out I pulled it out of me like pulling teeth because I did not have the time or the energy to write that book but it had to be written because it was like this is on our publishing calendar and also it's the sequel that was promised and it's been in my head since 2016 like it's just got to get out you know so it just it just had to get out but it was also, and you did it, and I did it. But now you have, now you have better systems in place mm-hmm. 
so that that doesn't happen so that you don't end up being under this sort of like really stress crunch. Because it was also, also a wake-up call. that will call. help you. It was. Yeah. Totally, I think, for you. Yeah. 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 I, it was kind of like the whole year like was in many – the whole year was like a series of wake-up calls, I think. And like, okay, this is the second year of our business. Okay, process – we need a new process for this. We need a new process for this. We need a new process for this. And then it was like wrapping up the year – and coming up to the release of Son of Bitter Glass was like, all right, and now I need a new process for me. This is what we're going to do moving forward. So that's that's what surprised us. What did not surprise you about 2023? What went exactly as you thought it would? Oh my gosh, has anything gone exactly the way I thought it would? I guess we've kind of already talked about this. It has not surprised me that we have produced books that I'm really proud of. Oh yeah, yeah. I have enjoyed our books so much. I... Like, it's a pleasure to work on because it's a pleasure to be editing the books because I genuinely like them and I'm proud of, of the books that we're releasing. That, I'm, I'm not surprised about that. So I think that's my answer. That, I would agree with that one. That has not surprised me either. The books are fantastic. I enjoy all of them. It, I think the other thing that has not surprised me from 2023 is that the quality of submissions that that, that people the, that people keep finding us the sort of people we thought would find us in our submissions keep finding us so you know I know we've talked a lot about submissions on the on our podcast before but that was a big question mark for us when we started the company was I mean not a question mark of whether or not we I knew there were people out there who would I knew yeah, those people were out there. Knew, you knew you knew right away that we so I, I since I'm newer to this whole world, I was like, is anyone gonna submit to us? And you were like, people will submit. The question I remember you saying to me, the question is not whether people submit to us. The question will be whether you know the the quality of submissions that we get. Mm-hmm. But as far as and the we, type of like, you know, people who are because I always said I'm I'm kind of looking for people like me who, you know, they're writing this particular yes. type of book. I know that sounds kind of yeah. arrogant to say it like that, but what I mean is they're writing a certain type of book that doesn't quite fit yes. into what the big five is asking, is looking for, you know? And yes. there are these in-between stories for, you know, real teenagers, and they're not YA, and they're, you know, <laughs> that, whole, that whole deal. And it has not surprised me that in 2023, as our submissions have gone up, that we have continued to have people just the right, the right, that sounds bad, the right kind of people, but you know, the, no, the, the, the authors I, that, that, you know, we're, we're looking for have continued right. to find us and we've made some, some excellent signings. That's been really good. And looking ahead to 2024, what are the books we have coming out in 2024? The books we have coming out, well, very soon we have Thread of Dreams coming out. Before um, Thread of Dreams, you can get Son of Bitter Glass. In paperback and hardcover, don't forget. Yes. Oh, that's true. Right. Well, I mean, that's already been released. Yeah. So I was thinking ahead to things that haven't been released. Although we have not yet released the paperback and hardcover versions. Right, of of right. So that's all you can get yeah. right now are Kindle. So first it's Son of Bitter Glass. Then we have Thread of Dreams, which is like a science fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have a, uh, a Trick of Spades coming out. In May. In May. That one is also a teen That'll be a teen listing, and it's fantasy. Yes. It's kind of like – so we haven't really talked about this one a whole lot yet. We, we won't spend the time to, you know, do a whole spiel right now because this has probably gotten a little it's long. It's really unlike any of the other is. fantasy that we've released. So 
cool. It's just so cool. cool. It's like a, it's going to feel kind of mid-century modern mm-hmm. and it's a little bit steampunky. Mm-hmm. And if you like magical systems, you're going to love it. Mm-hmm. So not light. It's really not light fantasy. It is. It's not. Mad, it's it's like a good magical system, which is, I love mm-hmm. a good magical system book. Yes. <laughs> it's excellent. It's really yes. good. I'm the so world excited sis- for it. The world building is top notch. Yeah. Um. So that one is by Tasha Kazanjian. And she is just wonderful to work with. We cannot wait for this oh, book. So excited. Yeah. Then after that, is the next one Peony or am I skipping one? The next one is Peony Watercolors Wish for Sun and Moon. Speaking yeah. of authors who are wonderful, wonderful. to work with. Robin um, is just the sweetest. She's, Robin Field yeah. is the, the author of Peony Watercolors Wish for Sun and Moon. And that is a middle grade. And I would say it's like contemporary but with a touch of magic. Yes, and which that's is in sort August. Of like that's in August. And that one, that sort of like contemporary touch of magic is just like, that's sort of like a niche that I really love is that. Yes. So that's our August release. And then we have Orion and the Starborn 2. Woo! <laughs> so excited! <laughs> Title not yet released. <laughs> uh, yep. And um, I'm not saying I don't know it. I'm just saying I haven't released it yet. Right. And um, that is at this time slated for October. We'll see that may that may shift around a little bit yet. But um, at this time, we have it slated for October. And um, it's our fall release, regardless of whether it lands exactly where we have it right now. And then finally, we get to December and early December. Uh, December 3rd, we have our classic for the year, our next annotated classic, which is Little Women. And this one is going to be coming out in two volumes. It's edited edited by Stephanie Ebert. It used to be, so people were like, why are you doing it in two volumes? Well, that's how it was originally published. (laughs) It was originally published in two volumes. Yeah. And it's, it's it's actually a massive tome. So once you add annotations, it gets even fatter. And because mm-hmm. we didn't want to have to charge, you know, $35 for a book, a, a big fat book with a bunch of annotations in it that was like over a thousand pages long, we are going to release it as um, intended in the original in two volumes. So we're looking forward to that annotated classic and we hope that all y'all are too. So right now we have volume one and volume two slated to come out at the same time, if that changes, we might do a staggered release. We might do volume one in early December and do volume two later. But right now, you know, it'd be nice to release them both at the same time and just kind of do a set. Mm-hmm. So right now that's that's the plan. And yep. that's our 2024 um, lineup. And, you know, speaking of limitations and, and learning our limitations, that was something we learned in our learning, you know, processes and growing and growth and all that. That was another thing that we kind of learned about in 2023 too. Our capacity. Our capacity. Being at the size that we are and our very small number of editors with Katie and I doing the bulk majority of the editing at at the house right now. The fact that we can't hire any other editors right now. We don't have the resources to hire other editors. That we are really limited to doing five to six books a year, which is still a lot. (laughs) It's still a lot. lot. Um, We're still busy. We'll still be very busy with that. Yeah. So that that puts us really at capacity, especially with with me writing original fiction. 
um, too, and with all the other things that that we need to do in our lives. Yeah. So someday down the road, we'll maybe be able to, you know, once we're able to hire more editors, we can expand that. But for right now, we need to we need to be mindful of 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 our health and well being. But we are feeling we are feeling really good about mm-hmm. where we are right now. Um, about the future. We have already, here's an exciting announcement. We have already filled our 2025 publishing calendar. So right now, as far as the other submissions that we are still considering from our last submission period, and when we open to submissions again this spring, we will be looking to fill 2026 and beyond. So great. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. It is great. It's so great. Yeah. But I just can't believe it. Here's to and cheers to wrapping up 2023, moving into 2024. The first month of 2024 is already gone. <laughs> I know. I can't. Speaking of things I can't believe, where did January go? We're so grateful that you guys have been, uh, that have found our podcast, and we hope that you've enjoyed season two yeah. of, of, of our bookish chats, our publishing chats, and... Uh, we can't we can't wait to to get back to season three, but we're gonna give ourselves a little bit of a break here as we look ahead to 2024. Yeah, so we will come back sometime this spring. We we hope that you've enjoyed the listen. And thanks as always. Thanks again to Allie Castaldo, our our producer, and Wilder Eggins for our music. Please go give him a listen and uh, support him and his musical career. And to all of you, we hope that you enjoyed this episode and season two of Elsnosa Podcast. Until next time, hoot hoot. <laughs>